0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success.
1: And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, November 30th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And yep, right around the corner tomorrow, actually. We are heading into the final month of this tumultuous year. Tumultuous? Tumultuous? I'm having a tough time. It's Monday. I appreciate you all for tuning in today. I I probably ate a little too much uh, Thanksgiving uh, turkey and many sides. And I hope you guys all had a wonderful holiday. And if you traveled, I hope you stayed safe, took the proper precautions, and... I hope it gave you a chance to connect with your families and reflect on the year, right? Even though we have a month left, the vast majority of it is behind us. And many aspects of 2020 have caused people to be anxious. And we don't know when a vaccine will actually be released to kind of bring the world back to somewhat uh, normal, But the markets are starting to look ahead and plan ahead, and that's what you should be doing, looking forward, not backwards. I know it's still a tough time, but when you're investing, that's the way you have to think about it. Our markets look forward six, nine months ahead, and that's why you're starting to see a little bit of a change of flavor to this market. And the themes that you've seen over the past nine months or so are starting to reverse to some degree. And so you have to be prepared for the shift, for the change in how the market regime is changing. Not all markets are the same. How you make money in one market is often very different than how you make money in future markets or previous markets, right, where the economic dynamics are different, the valuation dynamics are different, the investor sentiment dynamics are different. And those are just a few of the factors that go into what works in today's market. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and on today's show and in this program and podcast, I am going to do my best to provide you with unbiased answers to help you navigate this new regime. Give you unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions and help you develop those strategies that work for you and your goals and your current life situation. So I am here right now taking your calls at 888 chart 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's check in on the market today. You have the S&P down about 17 points, about a half a percent. Ra- Sell-off early in the day. And then we got a decent rally through most of the after or late morning and, and afternoon. And then if you look at the NASDAQ, that was down about 7 points. Very modest down day. The Russell. Russell actually had... Uh, Probably the worst day of the major indexes, closed near the low as well. So there's still a a lot of market gyrations that are are playing out based on headline news around COVID, a vaccine, around new cases, around the new administration and what the appoint who the appointees will be and how that will shape policy. I think that's part of it as well. So I expect actually a rocky December as those things continue to rear the ugly head, right, where new data comes in and the market gyrates because of it. Now, as you can hear, I have a busy and information-packed podcast for you today, so let's get right to our first caller at eight 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 ninety nine chart
2: Hey, Steve or Justin. Uh, it's Robert over in Rosemead, California. I had a question that I've been asking myself a lot recently. I'm a 28-year-old long-term investor, and I wanted to know, does a stock like Barrick Gold, ticker single gold, have a place in my portfolio? And this is a question I've been asking myself a lot, and I, I want to add gold at these levels. It seems pretty pretty cheap at these levels. If you can please uh, let me know your answer on the show. I'll give it a listen. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. I think gold especially has a place in everyone's portfolio at this point. Even if it's just a small amount. Even if you're a relatively conservative investor. Gold's an inflation hedge. Right? It's a hedge against monetary debasement. And I think every portfolio needs that. Can use that especially longer term I've said this before I believe gold would be the best asset best returning asset category of the decade of the 2020s now you might say well that could be bitcoin yeah. could be could be individual stock sure there's gonna be individual stocks that do much better but talking as an asset class. And I think Barrick, definitely one of the better miners out there. We own it for some clients and great levels, great levels here to pick it up. Uh, so even if you're a younger investor, I still think this is a great place to be and a very strong buying opportunity after this recent pullback. So thanks for the call. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein and we can all probably do a better job of managing risk, balancing our asset assets in our portfolio, creating proper diversification, and exposure to the right areas that are going to do well in a a decade where there's going to be ups and downs. I feel like 2020, the year 2020, is going to be a microcosm of the decade of the 2020s. Some rough times, some good times, uh, a lot of changes, a lot of a lot of issues that need to be resolved, both socially, economically, and you need to be prepared for what is coming. So my job is to help give you the right information and perspective and help you develop effective strategies. Now you can deal with volatility if you know how to recognize it properly right risk is comes in many forms it's not just one type of risk so that's my job here is to help you find the opportunities but also bring a balanced perspective of what the risks are that's what any decision in life is about, right? Pros and cons. So I want to hear from you. Your participation is an important part of the mix. We're taking your calls live at eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
2: You can get your free InvestTalk podcast downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or InvestTalk.com. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk and encourage them to listen, rate, and review.
1: Let's go to James in Sonoma looking at Hormel Foods. You looking to buy it or do you own it?
0: Uh well I'm looking to uh, question it uh, you know I read a lot of these like Kiplinger and all these magazines that the 20 best dividend stocks to own forever and Hormel is on a lot I've never really looked at it before but it's got a two percent dividend and it raises its, raising its uh, dividend by you know better than 10 percent every time and I just it's at a low point right now although it's got a little high P and um, i just wondering what's your opinion of it I'd put it in IRA and just would never. Do
1: anything with it. We'd be there for years. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I do like Hormel as a company. It's uh, one of the largest meat producers uh, in the world, processed meat producers in the world. And we have owned this in the past for clients. Uh, my issue is right now the valuation is just much too high. Our fair value is in the mid 30s, which is you know around where we had bought it for clients. But at these levels, we we have been out of it uh, for a, a little bit of time now, uh, and it's just it's come down right from its 52-week high around 52 and change, and now we're at 47. But to me, my fair value is about 35. So still about a third lower from here and technically if you look at it just made a lower high and a lower low and if you're you, you you mentioned the p ratio which is 28 currently even if you look forward this is a pretty low growth company 7% expected earnings growth next year 5% the year after trading at 28 times earnings it's just too rich for my blood at these levels. So I like the company. We like the company. It's just too expensive for the growth or lack thereof that you're getting uh, in this name. So I like that it's on your watch list. But of all the names, all the solid quality dividend paying names that are out there, this is not one of them. If you're looking for something like that, I would look in the industrial space. I think that to me, I'm finding the best values. The best uh, companies that have great long-term track records, right, when it comes to earnings, dividends, profitability, et cetera, near-term, their business has been wrecked and and, 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 and impaired for a short period of time, but that's just because of the shutdowns in COVID. And long-term, their business model they're, they're, is, is intact, and I'm finding the most opportunity there. You're going to get a better yield than 2%. You're going to get much cheaper valuations based on uh, long-term expected profitability, and earnings growth. So Hormel's fine to have on your watch list, but I would need at least 30% lower from here to get even interested in picking it up. Thanks for the call. Now, my focus point today concerns the story. The Federal Reserve and UK regulators say a key bank lending rate will be phased out. We're going to talk about LIBOR, what it's going to be replaced with, and what that might mean for Borrowing rates in the marketplace. Also, I want to touch on the November rally, right? We just wrapped up November, even though we had a slight down day. Historically, this was a record month for many indices, and I'm going to talk about those numbers and what that means going forward based on what uh, what history says, right, uh, in those type of extreme moves. Next, healthcare spending. Where will... Money be allocated, right? We know that governments are likely to spend mon- more money on healthcare, especially two reasons: one, COVID, right? The focus more on uh, on health and wellness and in and, and treating uh, disease, but also baby boomers—they're retiring at record numbers, in record numbers, and that means more more people on government healthcare programs, right? And you have politics in this country that are moving towards more government role in healthcare. And you can figure out for yourself whether you think that's a good thing or not. I'm not here to tell you that. I'm just telling you what the trends are. So we're going to touch on where money is likely to flow. And then lastly, Janet Yellen said that she supports a carbon tax. She has been... Tabbed as the next treasury secretary under the Biden administration. So we're going to touch on that as well, if we have time. Now, Every now and then, I'd like to take a few minutes to remind you that here on talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. That's what we do each and every day. We provide unbiased guidance and we practice parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So if you need a second look at your portfolio, a second opinion, I encourage you to take advantage of our offer for a free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or Jive meetings. You can also send us a message through investtalk.com or call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. But now we're heading into a break and the phone lines are open. So give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze?
2: It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at
1: investtalk.com. Let's go to Emilius in San Francisco, looking at Freeport mcmoran How are you, sir, Justin? I'm good, Emilius. How you been?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good one. I did. Uh, And we're gonna make we're gonna make you shift of gold because a stock I've been uh, following. I want to know your your thoughts.
1: Freeport? Well, Freeport is the world's largest copper miner. They do have some gold exposure there. But, uh, you know, this is actually a name on our watch list. It is a little overbought at these levels, around 24. I'm looking for something uh, a little bit sub-20. But I like Freeport. I, I like copper in general. Uh, the the, uh. the demand on copper is going to increase, I think, for the foreseeable future. Because of green energy, electric cars, etc., the use of copper is likely to uh, go much, much higher. And so, uh, I like I like the copper uh, industry, and Freeport is is the largest. So, uh, and one of probably will probably the be best run. Uh, it's arguable, but I think they're they're very good. So, uh, I like Freeport. Once again, a little overbought, but definitely should be on your watch list. Thanks, Dustin. Thank you. Thank you, Melius. My focus point today concerns the story the Federal Reserve and the UK regulators said the key bank lending rate will be phased out, and that is LIBOR. And as of 2023, LIBOR will be no more. Now, LIBOR is, stands for London Interbank Offer Rate, and this became popular as a benchmark for borrowing rates uh, in the 70s. And many debt instruments are linked to this rate, right? There, there's uh, especially bank lending rates. Oftentimes, it's LIBOR plus a certain amount of basis points, right? So if it's LIBOR plus 200, and LIBOR is at one percent, it's three percent rate, right? So LIBOR is very, very common within the industry. However, it's starting or has recently become the center of scandal, where LIBOR rates were kind of rigged, right? And there were fines, unfortunately, I don't think any jail time, sadly, but this was an area that regulators have seen as ripe for abuse based on these past issues, and so what they're phasing it out and, and by the end of this end of twenty twenty one, they're urging banks to no longer write any contracts that refer to LIBOR. So after twenty twenty one, LIBOR won't even really be published. And contracts using LIBOR should be wrapped up by June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. So we're talking two and a half years. Now, what they're moving to is something called SOFR, the Secured Overnight Financing Rate. And what this does actually is it diversifies the rate as opposed to London, London the LIBOR is to measure the borrowing rates offshore. And one of the issues is if that goes up, one single rate that can mess with the interest rate on a lot of different instruments. And so their goal is to diversify the benchmark, right? Just like you've diversified the S&P over 500 companies, you're trying to diversify the benchmark on short-term borrowing rates for these contracts, right? And so uh, that's really the main goal. I, I like the thought process, whether it is going to be executed well and will it remove the ability for abuse, right, to have banks and other intermediaries impact the rate, it's yet to be seen. But uh, overall, I don't think it'll affect the average person very much, especially because most people focus on mortgage rate, for example, which typically is more tied to the 10-year treasury rate, right, and that's a, a, a market rate, although... You could say, you know, is the Fed manipulating the rate, etc.? Certainly they will be. They have been. They are. But that's the Fed. And the Fed has the monopoly on creating and setting interest rates here in the United States. So uh, interesting news, interesting transition, and we'll see how it goes. Now, I might have to play the question and finish the answer after the break, but let's keep things moving and go back to the Talk Voice Bank for a question phoned in from a listener in... Hawaii. Yeah, Steve and Justin, this is Rick from Hawaii. And I'm looking at uh, Home
2: Depot and Lowe's, and I was just wondering what your thoughts were, which is a better prospect and an entry point for each of them. You have a great show, and keep it up. Thanks. Bye.
1: All right, Home Depot and Lowe's. Clearly, this is these are two companies, two, uh, almost a duopoly in the industry when it comes to home improvement. And I like Lowe's. I think it has a better value. Long term profitability is, is strong. And I, I like the, their, their stores are, are a cleaner, better run. And once again, their profitability is very, very strong. So uh, if I'm picking one, I'm definitely picking Lowe's over Home Depot. Now, the next and best talk this story. Could precious metals be starting a 10 year bull market cycle? that story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at eight eight nine nine chart eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. Whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. That's fifty percent off. Unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off now at RosettaStone.com/slash today. You are listening to Invest Talk every Friday on the
2: program and the podcast. Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions, 888-99-CHART.
1: Let's go to Drew in North Carolina. He wants to talk about Master Limited Partnerships.
0: Hey, Justin. You and Steve and uh, the whole team are godsons. just so you know. Appreciate Um, it. Absolutely. Um, So Master Limited
1: Partnerships, I've got some in my HSA and in my Roth IRA. Okay. That's a good idea, uh, just the way they're taxed. Uh, the answer is no. I, I'm not a tax professional, so you need to check with the CPA. But uh, in tax deferred accounts, ta- if you get, I believe it's over $1,000 a year in income, you have to file separate tax returns on these limited partnerships. Have you looked into that? Okay. Uh, I know that uh, K-1s will be issued, Mm -hmm. I think they're called, um, over that $1,000 threshold. Yep, exactly. So that's really the issue there where you're not really getting the tax advantage part, right, because it's in an IRA or Roth IRA or uh, some sort of workplace uh, account, uh, tax-deferred account. So I would avoid it, owning these in tax-deferred accounts of any kind. Uh, because of that, it just makes your life a lot more difficult. Now, if you want to make sure it's under a thousand dollars, then, you know, that, uh, that may be another argument, but to me, we just avoid them in tax, tax deferred accounts because of that reason. Uh, and yeah, I guess that's my take. All right. I appreciate your answer. No problem, Drew. Thanks for the call and thank you for the kind words. Now, let's touch on the, the market. Uh, wait, November showed a pretty substantial rally really across the board. For the month of November, the Russell 2000 was up 19%, nearly 19%, even after today's down day. And it's the biggest monthly gain since its inception more than 40 years ago. And it did much better than the S&P, which is up about 10% on the month. And if you look historically, there are issues though, at least in the near term. One is the National Association of Active and Independent Managers. Exposure is at 106. Anything above 90 means kind of the market's overbought or over allocated to. Over 100 means excessive optimism, right? So many of the gauges of sentiment are at multi-year highs. Now, certainly markets and market participants are looking forward into 2021 post the uh, the vaccine and the prospects for a return to, to normalcy. And many of the stocks that have been beaten down because of COVID are getting a bit, especially those in the Russell 2000. Now, there's been a shift away, like I said before, away from large cap tech and internet related stocks to Smaller cap names. Now, December, however, is historically a very strong month for equities. But when you have such a strong November, there's a little bit of caution. If you look backwards, data shows that when you had monthly gains on the Russell over 11.5% or more, there was often a near-term retracement of those gains, with a median drop of about 6% the following month. So when the 10-week rate of change of the Russell hits over that 10% mark, it also means that large caps are likely to outperform the near-term small caps. Now, since 1945, the S&P has had an average return of 1.5% in the month of December. That's the third best month there is. On top of that, the S&P has risen 73% of those times in the month of December. That's the highest frequency of any month. So December's most often the most bullish. Post-election Decembers are up 83% of the time. So even more bullish. But history suggests that because of the sharp rise in the S&P and in in indices in the month of November, you're going to see a more muted December. Just giving you a little historical context and based on what is happening in the markets and and what we're kind of seeing. So, you know, we haven't really broken out. If you look at the S&P, we haven't really broken out from the post-vaccine news from, from Pfizer in early November—we're still actually below the highs of that day. Probably doesn't seem like it, but we are. 99 chart. Eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Now, as you know, I like to fit in as many caller questions as possible. So let's grab this call from an Invest Talk listener line at eight 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 ninety nine chart.
0: Good afternoon. This is Carrie calling from Arkansas and was looking for some feedback and insight on the ticker symbol C O L D AmeriCold was just going to listen to the podcast and see if we could hear if it was a good time to purchase this or to hold and wait. Thank you.
1: Interesting. C O L D. This is AmeriCold Realty Trust. And this is an interesting REIT because it's the largest global owner and operator of temperature-controlled warehouses in the United States, based in Atlanta, Georgia. 85% of its revenues come from here inside the United States. It also has some operations in Canada, Australia, and and New Zealand. Interesting. So it also has some logistics businesses as well. But mainly it's just a REIT, 2.5% yield. Let's take a look at the valuation here. The chart is pretty negative, but the the REIT sector overall has been struggling over the past uh, few months. So, uh, I'm not going to kill it for that. Now, enterprise value is about 22. Historically, now this has only been around public for a few years, but historically, this is about average since it's it's gone public. So, I would say it's not cheap. It's not expensive. Nice 2.4% yield. Let me look at the payout ratio. Hmm. It's hard to tell because of such uh, disruption in the uh, in the market over the past couple of quarters. But revenues are consistently growing. I like that. 2007 funds from operation were 28 cents per share. This year is supposed to be a dollar 28. So I like that growth over uh this time period. It looks like they were public back then, then went private maybe and came back public in 2018 based on what I'm seeing. So that's an interesting little story there. I like I like the business. Temperature controlled, you know, those are typically more expensive to get up and running uh and to maintain. And so there's probably less barrier to entry there for the business. Now the two and a half percent yield is is solid but not exciting. Um you know, I like it, but I don't love it. You know, it just doesn't get me Juiced up, ready to allocate two or three percent of my portfolio into. Um, certainly an interesting name if it's cheap enough, but at modest valuations where it's not overvalued, undervalued, it just doesn't get me excited because it's not, there's no long term secular great story here. Uh, and that's what I would want to see. So, uh, like it on your watch list, but at these prices, not quite the value yet. Around 20. Seven to twenty eight dollars a share. I think that's where I would really love to pick this up, but not at this moment. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I encourage you to explore the finance and investment information we have posted on our website at investtalk.com. You can learn more about the various investment strategy opportunities we offer through KPP Financial. For example, equity income plus. It's dividend investing with a boost. It's a covered call strategy. It means we hold only dividend paying stocks and then we add the extra boost of income by writing covered calls on those positions. So if you're a serious investor and you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you want to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California. You can learn more right now at investtalk.com. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART.
2: InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial, and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART.
0: Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Dominic from San Diego. I wanted to get your thoughts on a mutual fund, ticker symbol EPGFX, europe Pack Gold Fund. Uh, I invested in it a few months back and wanted to get your thoughts on it. I see that it's kind of gone down a little bit. I originally purchased on it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy listening to your show. Bye.
1: All right. Looking at EuroPAC Gold A shares EPGFX. Now, the first thing that I always look at is what share class is the mutual fund. And this one is an A share class. And not all A share classes have loads. But this one, it looks like it does four and a half percent load. So I definitely would not be buying any more of this. I would find something that is uh, no sales charge. You shouldn't be paying loads anymore. Sales loads are passe. The only time you, the only type of people selling these A share mutual funds with these huge loads are bankers usually, right? If you open an IRA at your bank, your banker's gonna earn some commission on it, et cetera, and they're gonna put you in something like this. And and they're just a salesperson, right? They're not, a, they're not really a financial advisor in that sense. And the industry's fighting over that, but that's a whole nother story, I digress. But this one is a solid fund. Morningstar gives it four out of five stars. So that's, that's pretty solid. If you look at the uh, portfolio as a whole, and you look at its top holdings, which I'm pulling up right now, Fortuna Silver is its top holding, seven percent of the portfolio. I like that one. Agnico, Barrett Gold, Franco Nevada. Wow, four of our top gold holdings are, are held in this. So, uh, so I I like this. Um, I like this this mutual fund as as a whole. But I would not buy this share class. Definitely not buy this share class. I'd be looking for something that does not have a load, and that goes for everybody out there. Stop buying mutual funds with a load. Now, you might have it in some sort of 401k or something as an option, and, and oftentimes the, the sales load is waived. So it's possible that you could do that. But the expense ratio is about 1.5%. That's very high. That's higher than our average client pays, and we're full full service advisor. So, you know, I wouldn't pay that expense ratio. Usually, the A shares, when you're paying a load, you're getting very low fees. This is above the average. So, Um, I like the holdings. I just don't like the costs of this fund. And that's how it absolutely passed on it, right? Today you you can open up your own brokerage account, pay no commissions buy the individual stock. Doesn't make sense to buy it through a mutual fund unless you're getting an exceptional manager. And in this case, the cost is just too high. Thanks for the call. Eight eight nine nine chart 888 4278 is how you get through and ask your question. We have about 10 minutes left in the show. So if you're going to call, you want to do it right now. Now, let's touch quickly on what looks to be the future Treasury Secretary, which is former Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen. And she is actually a founding member member of the Climate Leadership Council. And this is the International Policy Institute and their goal is to implement a tax, uh, carbon tax as a way of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, even backed by companies like BP, Exxon, and Shell. So certainly a lot of big businesses getting behind this. And the idea is that the initial carbon tax of $40 per metric ton, ton will have a yearly increase of 5%. And this is slowly going to increase the cost of carbon in general. And To me, this goes along with what I expect to be the future of our government spending, right? Government getting into the way that our world looks and feels every single day, right? And we know, or certainly it's controversial, to some degree about global warming, but I think everybody knows we have to do something about it, but how do you how do you make effective policy? It doesn't kill businesses, but also gets to the end goal. And how the carbon tax will work is that it will be implemented across the energy supply chain. so anybody who supplies energy to the consumer. So the cost of energy is likely to go up. And that money will go to greener energy. So I do think there is a lot of opportunity in the green energy space. But a lot of people are focusing much more on the companies that are creating the products. What I think is going to be a bigger challenge is going to be in the commodity space, in the metal space more particularly. Why? Because this is what is used to create these products, base metals. Caller earlier talked about copper. So if you're looking to gain exposure to that space, I think an underappreciated way of doing that is to gain exposure to the metals markets. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here each and every weekday. To help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART.
2: This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888 99 Chart.
1: Hey guys, it's Brian in San Diego. Love the show. I have a question about stocks and ETFs and plays to do under a Biden administration. So I'm looking at defense, DFEN, D F E N. It's a three times bull ETF. We'll do it defense. Stocks and companies that would profit heavily, well, I believe under the, the cabinet that Joe Biden has put together and stuff like that, or would you rather invest in those stocks individually? Some of them that make up the, the company are uh, Boeing, Raytheon, BAE, and Hunts and Thank you guys. Love the show. Bye. All right, looking at DFEN, which is the three times leverage to the aerospace and defense. Indicy. And its top holdings are things like Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Teledyne, etc. And I've said this before about this space. I don't like this space. I think the multiples here are extreme. Uh, I see our budget deficits and the direction of where policy is going, not only when it comes to spending more money on, you know, you're talking about MMT or money, money on uh, medical programs, Uh, etc., but also the money within the military, I think, is going to be shifted more towards cyber warfare, and less towards ships and guns and planes, etc., and so a lot of these names are very levered towards uh, us buying new aircrafts every few years. So, I just don't like this space in general. And I understand what you're saying, where Biden is one that tends to be more interventionist and uh, more apt to maybe go to war or take military action than Trump has been. But I still don't see that being a big change. You know, there'll be some policy changes. Uh, geopolitical policy changes, but I don't see that meaning more and more spending on the military. In fact, I think it's going to be less, especially on guns. So I would pass on this completely, and it's a three times leverage. So you, you don't want to be owning this for more than a couple of weeks. right? Any of these leverage ETFs, double, triple leverage ETFs should never be held more than a few weeks. Now, I think we can fit one more caller question in that came in earlier at eight 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 ninety nine chart Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Josh from Glendora,
2: California. I've been listening since March, and I have a question
1: for you involving setting up an account for a minimal amount of money, like $2,000. Should it be a tax deferred Roth IRA or a normal tax account? I plan on not cashing out the money for at least a year. Thank you in advance for all your information, and Thank you for your wonderful podcast. Have a good one. Bye. I would say a Roth. I see no reason why you shouldn't put that in you unless you're in a very high tax bracket. But yeah, I think that's the only reason why I wouldn't do it that way. You know, with a Roth, you can take the money out, the contributions out whenever you want. So that's a positive. And yeah, so I would definitely go with a Roth IRA. And Go with one of the big brokers. Please don't go with Robinhood or these crazy small brokers. I know they have fun cool apps. Uh but go go with one of the big guys. I've seen too many issues with these uh these new brokers and trading's free now. You get all the benefits of a big, safe broker with good customer service and consistent trading platforms, etc. And you get no fees. These trading fees. So uh, I would encourage you to go that route as well. Thanks for the call. And I think that will wrap it up for me today. I appreciate you all tuning in and spending this hour, 45 minutes with me and I will return tomorrow. So in the meantime, please remember to tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archives and best talk podcasts for free over at Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes, as well as investtalk.com. Please be sure to re- review and rate it as well. Now, if you want, you can listen live on our website as well every weekday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Just hit the listen live button over at investtalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk. Good night.